Welcome to Series 3 of the Rugby Buzz, a podcast brought to you by HNHB Events. My name is Mark Hartree and I'll be your host as I chat to rugby stars past and present about their careers and moments from their careers that remain highlights for them. Today I'm delighted to be able to chat to the current Gloucester captain, Lewis Ludlow. Lewis started his Gloucester career at the age of 17, graduating through the academy at Hartbury through to the senior side. He is now an integral part of the Gloucester side, having been appointed skipper in November 2020. He's now played over 100 times for the King's home side, with his phenomenal work rate and tackle count being his USP. He topped the tackle count in the Premiership last season with an incredible 280 hits. He was finally rewarded with a call-up to the full England squad, winning his first cap against the USA last summer and becoming only the fifth person in history to captain England on debut. Outside of rugby, he's involved in the world of pizza as a partner in Openside Pizzas. Hi, Lewis. Welcome to the Rugby Buzz. How, uh, how are things? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good, good to be here, yeah. Good, good. Um, how uh, how are things at uh, how are things at Gloucester at the moment? Um, a tough couple of tough couple of weeks. Yeah, you know they've been you know probably two of the trickiest weeks of the season, aren't they? Exeter yeah. away and and Leicester away, and we've effectively had them back to back. Yeah, some some pretty tough weeks, but also some you know some some good learning weeks. Um, stuff that we continually grow as a group all the time. So two huge weeks for us in terms of things we can take from the games, which is, which is nice every now and again. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll pick up a bit about those two particular, particular games, but when we're, as we, as we're going to, um, as we're going to record, uh, obviously uh, big news out of, out of Gloucester yesterday that uh, after, after 15 or so years with, uh, with Gloucester, Charlie Sharples is hanging up his, uh, his boots and, um, you know, he's a he's been a fantastic player for Gloucester over those fifteen years. But you must have some special memories of uh, of Charlie. Yeah, like loads. Like you know, you talk about people being you know legends and stuff get spoken about quite a lot. But I think he is probably the definition of a of a Gloucester legend in my eyes. You know, he's local boy, hometown club. Always wanted to represent him. Gone on to represent you know two hundred and seventy odd times, nearly a hundred tries. I think you can't ask for more of a, a club bloke than that, you know, even right down to the, the shaving of heads, which he does every year, which he took over from, from Hazy on my first year. Um, he's, you know, he's been doing that now for what, nearly, probably nearly 10 years he's been doing that. Um, so all parts of the club, you know, he'll have a B impact on all of them and will be missed across the club when he leaves. But as he said, he's not, he's not going to be leaving. He'll still be about, he still wants to do stuff on match days and stuff. So, It'll always be great to see Chaz with his little bold head running around somewhere. <laughs> so, so who's going to take over the barber role? Is that is that being decided yet? Yeah, well, he's he did say in his interview that he's he has spoken to me about it, and he has we have spoken about it that it, it might be me that has to has to carry that on due to the the pure joy of cutting someone's long hair off or or something that we we both seem to seem to understand, which is great. Oh well, so watch this. Uh, watch this space. There m- might be another uh, another skill to your uh, skill to your bow yes. as, as far as uh, as far as that's that's concerned. But no, um, you know, we know Charlie really well, and uh, he's he's always been great with uh, doing st- things with uh, with us. But as you say, a real uh, well one club man, uh, you know, from from that that perspective. And um, yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be missed on the uh, on the field, given the Gloucester fans loads and loads of. Uh, great great memory so uh, i think yeah. i think there's a there's a plan he's gonna have a, a bit of a walk on isn't he on saturday 
Yeah, so I, I don't know whether it's Saturday or another game, with, but yeah, you'll he, definitely be on the on the pitch and around the place for the next few weeks, trying to, um, you know, letting fans be like, you know, he, fans probably, you know, the amount of times they've seen him score in the corner, you know, the cheering he's had, like he said in his stuff, he, he's actually quite close to the shed being on the wing, so he's, I think he knows a few of them, he's had a few chats <laughs> with them. But it's, um, it'd be great for him to see that and fans be able to give him, you know, the, the same he deserves and, Thankfully, it's happened now and not in any of those games where there's no fans or anything like that. He deserves yeah. a proper send off. So yeah, I'm glad right. he didn't get one. Too right. Too right. Um, yeah, uh, we, we touched on uh, touched on the, the, the two games uh, that uh, that have just gone back to back. As you say, a, a tough a tough fortnight, really, in terms of having to go to uh, Exeter and to uh, and to Welford Road. Um, but you must be you, you must be absolutely chuffed with with how you came back in both of those games because you you were in in both of those games right the way through going toe to toe to toe weren't you yeah you know it's it's something that we we actually spoke about this week um you know l- looking back at those games and how how we were into them I, I don't think anyone's led at half time at Welford Road uh w- which we had which we were doing um obviously unfortunately we lost Aki midway through the first half which is yeah. Which is a you know a big big thing for us. He, he's a big cog in our in our machine, um, and it just kind of throws things a little bit. You know, you move wingers into the centre, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's you know it's, it's not it's not no excuses. It's just yeah, we we fully admit that we probably had the game plan to beat Leicester, and our coaches having spoken to their coaches after the game, they they were they were worried at halftime. You know, they they changed a lot of their game plan to, to play against us. Um, the, you know, the long and short of it is they had. 15 players which stuck to a game plan mm. for 80 minutes rather than 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, and that's probably where we came unstuck, which which is a different learning from the Exeter game where we probably got out, out wanted, you know, they were a desperate team. You go down there, their coaches are saying that if they don't beat us, their top four hopes are over, which yeah. you look at the table, they're probably not far off. Um, and, it, you know, it's everyone's desperate to win. But sometimes when you're at home, a team like Chiefs, who've lost a few on the bounce, it's, you know, sometimes that desperation, you just can't, you can't buy that. You can't get yeah. it. It's, it's it's difficult to come by. And physically, we probably put in one of our best performances, most tackles we've made, most tackles completed, etc. But you just come up short sometimes. And yeah, we could have played better. We could have, you know, we could have made a few different decisions. But, you know, they're the learnings we take to go into what is another tough week this week at Northampton. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and again, looking at looking at the last what seven or eight games of the of the, of the season, um, I think five of them are at, are at King's Home, which is, is a huge, huge boost for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we we did speak about this as well. Like you know, you, you look at those. We've got three away, five at home. Yeah, which that that's what you want. You know, running into the, end of the season, you want more home games. Get your fans behind you. You know what it's like. Everyone's. Everyone's starting to believe a little bit. Everyone's starting to to see that there is, you know, boys are working hard. There is things going, um, and if we can keep that momentum going, momentum's a key thing this part of the year because, you know, we're already twenty games into a season. There's going to be a few injuries. There's going to be niggles being picked up. So the more momentum you can create and boys can slot in and out from internationals, etc., then then we can go from there. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a huge huge end to the uh, end to the season, as you say. The momentum is is huge, and I think genuinely, you, you know, the talk around Gloucester is, is 
very much that they believe that um, you know top four is is very much uh, within your uh, within your grasp, and it'd be great to have the crowd uh, the crowd supporting you, particularly in those five uh, five big home games, aren't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, we we kind of we're probably our most disappointed after the Leicester game at the weekend, um, and you know if if the table probably finished as it was at the start of last weekend, we'd have gone up to Leicester. Yeah, that would have been the semi one v four. So yeah. you know, who knows? We got ourselves back into that fourth position. I can't see anyone kicking left off the top position. So mm. we could be back there in the in a few weeks' time to hopefully right some wrongs and and get ourselves a, a win and into into a big final. Yeah, how fab would uh, how fab would that be? Oh, that, yeah, There's something <laughs> special about it. So yeah, definitely. And and you you touch on the crowd, and obviously that you know over the last two years we've had. Obviously, the, the the pandemic and you know you playing a lot of games without a crowd at King's Home. Just just tell us how 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 special it is to run out at King's Home in front of those uh, those fans. Yeah, it's you know it's something that's that's quite hard to explain. It it really is. It, it's different to running out anywhere else. Um, you, you you run out at countries all every week, um, at clubs every week, different grounds. King's Home is something special. Um, and then it gets even more special you do it on a Friday night. I don't know what changes on a Friday night, but it is something really, really special. And the, the lap at the end, we do get the crowd involved, get everyone buzzing. You know, the, you, you get like, you get the shivers, you get the hairs on your back of your neck stand up. It's, it's truly special and something which people come from all over the world, you know, Argentina, New Zealand, Australia, Nobody says nothing like it. Nothing can compare to it, and that's that's testament to the to the fans themselves. Yeah, and it's and it's always been the case. I remember in the last series of the podcast talking to Ollie Azam, and and you know Ollie said exactly the same. You know when he was at he was at King's Home that that kind of lap before you went went back into the change rooms is just is just the best. Yeah, it's amazing. The, the best thing you, know, you you finish your walk, you you know you've you've made it to the game, you're ready to go. You enjoy it. I always say, always say to the boys, we have a little huddle before it, and I'll always say, enjoy it, enjoy this bit, because that they're the bits that you you remember. They're the bits you'll miss when when you can't do them. Um, yeah. So yeah, always enjoy it because we've done it without it, and it's it's terrible without it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. And and uh, you know, before we we perhaps pick up and talk about your uh, your captaincy in in particular, um, you're looking further ahead. You know the future's pretty bright at King's Home, isn't it? You've got a really good crop of of young players coming coming through and really stamping their uh, stamping their name in the senior side, haven't you? Yeah, you know, you just look at how many boys have, have played senior rugby over the last couple of years and yeah. how well we've gone in the Premiership Cup this year. You know that those boys are they work so hard. Like I, I, fair play to the lads. You know we to be fair this week we actually said like we defending we got done a bit in the mall. By Exeter, we were a bit disappointed in our more defence. So last week, the boys fronted up and we had to defend a lot of more last week in training. <laughs> and it was, we actually had a chat in our forwards units today that it was harder to defend our lads in training than it was Leicester Tigers at the weekend. Wow. That's no disrespect to Leicester Tigers. It's just how good our boys are at that sort of stuff. Like they train at such intensity levels and such hard work that. I've no doubt that any of them could play Premiership rugby and would do really well if slotted in, and, and yeah. that's proven when the boys have slotted in. Yeah, 
And that's been a huge change over the last two years, isn't it? Because uh, I think if you if you go back perhaps to the early part of your Gloucester career, Gloucester had a, a, a strong 15, maybe a strong 23. But then when you had some injuries, that there was really, an, a, you, you noticed a difference. Whereas whereas now these guys are slotting in and it's it's not making a right lot of difference, is it? They're still performing to the same level. Yeah. Uh, like you say, there's probably two or three at each position at least where, you know, some positions you're talking four or five deep that yeah. you think, how are these boys all going to stay and stuff? But because of the environment we've created and because of how well the squad gets rotated on those Prem Cup weeks, how well they are involved in training. Like I remember my first couple of years at Gloucester where I was very fortunate I got to train with the first team, but, but some academy lads didn't train with the first team. No. So like you weren't getting that exposure. You weren't training with the best players at, at the club or, you know, some of the best players in the world. Um, whereas now they train every day with us. They doing they might gym at a different time. They might do certain stuff at a different time. But when it comes down to the meat and drink of training and because of the way salary caps are going now, they're all getting smaller. People need to play more positions. Clubs need to use younger players. They need to facilitate these players to have 15 on 15 in training. Yeah. And, and it creates the better your 15 on 15 is in training, the more competitive you are. The, the, no doubt the better you're going to be at the weekend and I think that's why we've gone we've gone as well as we have this year is because of how well boys are trained and we, mm. we do make a big point of saying it and, and making sure everyone's involved so that it's not just a you know a 23-man club it's it really is a you know 45 50-man club and mm. picking picking up on that obviously you 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 were appointed captain at the start of the the, the kind of strange 2020 season uh yeah. you, you know that was was delayed because of because of COVID, um, being captain is that something that that you aspired to aspired to be? Um, yes, yeah, yeah. To be fair, like there was, there's probably a few people that have said, you know, people, a few people knew I wanted to do it. I, I'd never publicly said it, or no, no. I've had coaches before. I'd, I'd sat down with Johan Ackerman. I'd sat down with David Humphreys before Skibs came in, and they'd all said that, you know, at some point I think you'll be captain of this club, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and you know, it's nice to hear that, but they didn't do it and, you know, they didn't make me captain. So I always felt like I could give it a good go. I felt like I knew Gloucester as a club well enough to understand what it wanted from a captain and what it needed from a captain. Um, and I was a bit, I just felt like I could do a good job at it. I felt like it hadn't been done for a while how it should have been done in terms of locally, etc. given community-wise, bringing young boys in creating an environment like I think we've created. Um, and I'd like to think me being captain has, has been a small part of that at least. Yeah. I, I, undoubtedly. And that, you know, that's what I hear almost every day of the week from people when you talk about Gloucester rugby is, you, you know, is, is that, that culture, that change, the fact that as, as, as captain, you know, you know the classic is, is you get it, you understand you know, Gloucester City, Gloucester people, the fans, and 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 are, are working to rent. Has that been? You, you mentioned that. Has that been a a big part of the change of culture that you've kind of driven that? Uh, the thing, I think the coaches have, have driven a huge amount of it as well. Um, I think the signings that we've signed are the type of signings that have bought into it. Yeah. Um, we're we're a very tight squad now. There's there's not many boys. Well, I don't think there's anyone that, that wouldn't be willing to sort of go to war for the other one. Um, it's that type of scenario of... I, I wanted everyone to be held accountable for everything. So there was no, he can do that. 
well, somebody else can't do that because that's him. You know, if I'm going to be the top of the tree as the captain, then I'm going to be willing to pick the kit up along with the academy lads or I'm going to be willing to help the chef out if he asks me. You know, all those types of things. And it's just that that honesty that we brought. I think everyone's honest now. Everyone's mm-hmm. honest. Everyone works for each other. No one's, you know, you don't come in and go, oh, I can't, can't be with him today or well, I've got to train with him all day again today. It's, it's no, everyone has a laugh. Everyone works hard. The biggest thing is working hard. Yeah. You work hard, you get respected. Yeah. Um, and that's when he came in, that was a non-negotiable for everyone. And mm. he said, I fitted the bill to drive that. And I think we've, we've driven that as, as you know, as well as we can so far. Yeah, and and it's clearly paying huge, uh, huge, huge dividends on the uh, on the on the pitch as well. So you know, huge, huge, well done for uh, for for that. And it's it's great to see that that togetherness. You know that that's evident of all, in, in terms of all aspects. And and how much a, a part of it has been being back in the city. You, you, Training base now is right next door to King's Home. You've obviously the change of the pitch and and so on. Yeah, how 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 much has that all added into the pot? Yeah, well, that, that's been huge. You know, the the main thing the boys did in pre-season this year was um, was Skibs wanted to bring everyone back to to the city. Um, so we've done things like we walked through the town, we went to Shire Hall, we went to the Ch- uh, Cathedral, you know, we did all these things. Some boys who had been playing at Gloucester for a number of years had never been to Gloucester City Centre. So it was completely mental. I know it's tough to understand, but yeah, we we we've done that this year. We've brought things back to so we're all put into four teams in pre-season, and they're all historic war hero rugby players from Gloucester. Yeah. Um. So we had those guys. You had to learn about them guys. You had to present on them guys. You then had to do a task on each of the stands at the at the ground. So we understand the club better. We understand everything. All this type of stuff, which has just brought boys a lot closer in, a lot closer in. And even now, you talk about it. There might be something you talk about, and you know it could be completely off topic with rugby. And someone will go, "Oh yeah, that was that Harry Berry fella because he was in the war at Gloucester." You're like, "Oh yeah, that was him down there at Shire Hall." And you just you don't you don't know why you know it, yeah. but if you did that in preseason, it just comes up, and it's it's good to see the boys. Are, are fully, another thing, they fully bought into it. Everyone, Argentinians, local lads, Scottish lads, everyone bought into it, and it was it was brilliant to see. Yeah, and, and that's and, and that's why, as you say, the you know when the signings when different people are coming in, that's the culture of the club that they that they're coming into, and and if they don't buy into it and they don't don't you know are not part of that, then it's not going to work, is it? No, no, no. And that, that's that's the thing you need. You need people that are willing to to buy into everything you do, and you see the lads that signed short term contracts have all pretty much now signed long term contracts because. Yeah. They love the place and they love the environment. They love the team. They love what we're doing. And you know, the training base we've got now is, without doubt, the best in the Premiership. It's class. It's brilliant in the middle of a city. So it is. You can't ask for much more. Yeah, and I must admit, when when it was first mooted that that's that's what was going to happen, I think there were a few people scratching their heads and thinking oh, that, that you know that's not going to work. That it's an old warehouse, you know, next to next to Kingsham. How are they going to make that a state of the art uh, state of the art training facility? But you're right, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, but like you know, I, I encourage people if they've not been in there to have a look at it and they think that, then get in there and have a look at it because. I've not seen a better gym. I've not seen many other teams with an indoor pitch. You know, Storm Storm Eunice the other day, bashing around outside. 
we managed to get all our lineouts, all our attack plays done inside. No issues. Not many teams can do that. Um, and then go and have sit in your ice baths and you change them afterwards. It's it's that type of thing that that needs needs to happen. But we, we just compare it now to you know we used to get flooded at, at Hartbury and yeah. take you an hour to hit the training and now some boys literally 10 minutes whether you're in Cheltenham or you're in Gloucester it's 10 to 15 minute drive in mm. it's not an hour's round trip or etc etc it's it makes everyone happier makes you know the chef's happier he's got a big kitchen there is everyone's better and everyone's going to benefit from it in, in some way or another yeah and and again that helps with the bond with the city doesn't it yeah yeah that, that's it you know every, every day you walk past it I've, I've spoken about it before that we have to go into that club on a Monday morning whether we've won or lost and, and you, your memories are the same. You know, you walk in there thinking, that oh, was a great win Friday night. I remember what I was doing here and what I was doing there. Or you walk in there and you think, God, I've had this again. I, you know, I don't want to be in that situation again. I was on Friday where I felt like, you know, I felt terrible after that. So the memories we create, we, we see every day. We live every day. So we, we want to make as many of them good as possible. So it's, uh, it's still a joy to come to work. Yeah. And and as this as as this thing unfolds, because it, it it is still work in progress, isn't it? In terms of 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 where Gloucester can can get to, but uh, has there been a particular moment at all in in any games this season where you think actually, yeah, that that means we're getting it? Uh, there's there's been a few a few bits to be fair. The the win against London Irish, the most recent one, yeah, was one that I thought was a. Uh, you, know, you, you look at Irish's performances before that game and post that game, it makes that result look really, really good. Yeah. And it just felt like in that game was, you know, we talk a lot about sticking to processes. It felt like we did it for the majority of that game. And that's why we got the win in the end. It was it was purely a process-driven thing. Um, so that would probably be the most pleasing in terms of me thinking, yeah, we're on the right track here. Um, it just, you know, the disruptions through injuries, international call-ups, etc that every team has. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why you see every team derail a little bit around this time of year. It's then, like you say, post Six Nations, there's, you know, there's six or seven games that you have to really kick on into to to get that, that final home run. Mm. And of course, if, the if you know, going and looking at top four in the Premiership wasn't enough, you've got obviously still a, a huge involvement in the, in the Challenge Cup as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, so we're, de- you know, we're definitely through to the round of 16, we won't actually know who we play until we finish the game on the Saturday um, and all the games are finished. We'll know who we play then the week after. Um, so that's a unique experience. But yeah, we'll, we'll go down there, like you say. It's a, it's a cup that we've we've loved over the last few years. You know, myself, I've, I've played in, unfortunately, two losing finals, but with two finals that with no doubt I could put, we could put another run together this year and, and be strong in that competition. And then the lads are still still going strong in the Prem Cup. You know, there's boys that have played a lot of rugby in there. They've they've put in some serious performances. And I think if we win against Bristol or we get a point against Bristol, we're, we're in the semis of that as well. So that's another great thing for the, for the club to be involved in. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and competing on all those uh, all those fronts. Again, some people say, oh, well, you know, it, it's not possible to do that. But again, with the squad that you've assembled, then there's no reason why you, you can't continue on all three fronts, is there? No, no, not at all. You know, from from young lads to to boys that have not played much rugby to boys that are coming back from injuries. You know, every, every game is going to be going to be an available. You know, there should be everyone should be available for games and an opportunity to to go out there play and impress because you know 
come the end of the season, you know, the Prem semi-finals at the end of it, everyone wants to everyone wants to be there. Everyone wants to be available for selection with, with the best foot forward, and, and hopefully we, we get to that point and we have a, you know enough players to pick from that we can we can give it a good crack. Yeah, and the other thing that's been really really pleasing, uh, for, I guess, from the outside looking looking in is is the. Uh, is is the way that the relationship between, I guess, the Gloucester men and the Gloucester women's teams are, are kind yeah. of coming together? And I think we've got a we've got a double header this weekend, and we like double header this week, yeah, Northampton and, and, and Worcester. So, so um, yeah, that 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 can only be again great news, can't it, for the city? Yeah, you know, it's it's huge, and I've I've sat down with with Mo Hunt, the, the captain, before, and, and had a few chats about we, we did one at at the pizza shop and. Mm. You know, they're they're a rugby team at the end of the day. They're they're very similar to us. You know, just because we're men and women, it doesn't mean we're any different. They're still the same values. They're still the same core aspects, and we still represent the same place. Um, something which I probably think wouldn't have happened without the new pitch, without the new training base. We, you know, you're not getting double headers on a on a boggy grass pitch. Um, so another reason why the new facilities are, are outstanding is it means everyone gets to go in. You know, hopefully we get a, a big crowd there and they, and they stay along for the women's game because I know I've seen a few of their games and not only are they great to watch, they're you know they're a decent side. They get some good wins, so yeah. you know fans get behind them as well. This is it's, it's a good game to watch. Yeah, definitely. And the uh, uh, inter- just interesting to know, Reed, do, do, do the men and women share much in terms of facilities then? And, and uh, yeah, yeah, they, they have access to, to all, all the facilities we have access to. Um, you know they. I think a lot of them come in in the evening when when we're done. So we, we tend to probably have it till sort of two or three o'clock. Although we have seen um, a couple of the hookers were in recently with, with Cy Harden, the throwing coach when the boys are throwing. So they all just jumped in as one big session and really? that type of thing. So there's you know, there's no restrictions to anyone, physios, et cetera, all, all available. Yeah. And and again, you know, expanding the chat about the, the, the women's game, of course, one of the Six Nations games is at uh, is at King's Home. I think England, yeah, England you know, Wales in April is at, is at King's Home. So, you know, and, and Gloucester have got World Player of the Year, Zoe Oldcroft as well. So, uh, I mean, you know, there's loads of fab, fantastic things happening, isn't there? Yes, yeah, it's, it's huge. And, you know, there's no better. We saw that with the, the World Cup for the men. There's, there's no better place to hold an international rugby match. You know, it's it's amazing the atmosphere it creates and you know get people there get people to the city like you say watching world player of the year on, on our home ground what's what's not to love about that yeah yeah well let's let's hope as you say lewis that yeah uh, the uh, it's a big crowd big crowd for the northampton game and uh, and they all stay on and support uh, uh, support yes. the, uh, the the women as well for the uh, for the game against worcester so that will be uh, that would be fantastic to see in a great atmosphere for uh, for them as uh, them as well, um, you, you talk about in, international. Obviously, um, last last season uh, you got called up a couple of times to uh, to, to the England squad, um, and then of course in the summer you made your your debut against the uh, the USA. I think only the fifth person in in history to to captain England on their their debut. How how special was all of that? Yeah, it was it was completely mental as as you can imagine it was something that you know I'd always dreamed of playing for England it was it was something that I wanted but you, you never dream of you know that their dreams beyond dreams captain your country and then let alone captain your country on on debut it was yeah it's something that still probably hasn't fully sunk in um 
every every time someone says that stat about one in five people, you I think it's one in five and two of us still alive. It's like it's it's completely strange. Um and I'm sure when when it's all well and done and you sit back and reflect, it's um it'd be one of them things you think, well, that's that's quite a big achievement. Yes. You know, probably enjoy that one and sit there and reminisce about that for a long time. Yeah. And I, I know when it was announced and, and it, you know, kind of kind of makes you gasp because you think, as, as you say, it's it's only the fifth person. Uh, only only two are still uh, still alive. Huge huge achievement, and and you, you know you, you kind of just take it in your stride and you just carry on. You do do what Lewis does, and and uh, and and so on. And uh, I, I guess the, the million dollar question from from my point of view as a as a as a Welshman, there was there was talk of of you representing Wales at one point. Was that ever an option? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually, I'd probably until the summer, or until last year, I'd probably spoken um, to the Welsh Rugby Union more than the English Rugby Union um, until probably the last season. Um, they'd always, every time my contract had been up for renewal, they they tried to, I'd always get an offer from the Dragons or I had one from the Ospreys, and it was you know come and play in Wales, then we can select you and all this. And I was like, well, no, it, it's not a very good. Thing I wasn't that desperate to play for Wales. I was more desperate to to play for Gloucester than I was for Wales. If that makes sense. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I felt like I'd be throwing a lot away to go there at the chance of being capped. And yes, yeah, I, I'm. I was qualified for Wales from a granddad who still hasn't forgiven me for playing for England. But <laughs> he, he probably he, he did come to Twickenham and he was probably the proudest man in the stadium. I bet he, he was. was yeah. much, um, would never wear an England shirt, bless him. But he, he was very, very proud and, um, you know, he knows that for all the right reasons that, you know, I've always wanted to play for England. So yeah. it was always, always him putting down there. You could, you know, if, if they're interested, you could go down there and yeah, granddad, I'm, I'm English. Like I'm going to play for England. It's, you know, I want to play for England. It's who I wanted to play for. It's, you know, I've got the memories of the, the 2003 World Cup and, and all that stuff growing up that, you know, those are your heroes. I'd always wanted to be like Lewis Moody, you know, that type of thing. I'd, it'd always been England rugby rather than the Welsh rugby. So it, it was, you know, it was an option the same as, you know, there's probably 100 people in the Premiership. We've got an option to play for Wales or yeah. Scotland or Ireland. But yeah, it was, it was England who I wanted to, to play for. Yeah, and and you've you've at least got off the off off the mark with with that. Um, from a personal perspective, you know, I was gutted that you weren't involved in the in the Six Nations squad when it uh, when it was first announced. And you know, again, personal view, but you know, you you should have been should have been in that. Is still the still the desire to to get back into the uh, into the squad? Yeah, you know, it's it's a massive thing. You know, I, I've got this this burning little burning itch in me that I've spoken about it before that, you know, everyone, although I did all that in the summer and it was amazing to do, et cetera, there are still the odd person or the odd people that would say, well, that was, you know, it was a summer tour when the lions were on and, you know, which is fine. I've, I've got no issue with that. It doesn't bother me. It's war of a duck's back type thing. It's I've still done it. It's still everything. I love the experience. There, There is still that burning itch that I would just like to be in one one more squad at least with, you know, when everyone's available, proper, you know, well done, you're in the squad, best 35, no one's available, no one's not away, no one's not here, no one can say anything, you're in that squad on merit, job done. 
Um, so hopefully that I won't give up on that and um, hopefully that comes sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, and you know, again, you know, playing, playing against the USA and Canada is, is a fantastic achievement. You've still got, you know, your cap with the number on and, and, and all of those things, whether it's USA or the All Blacks, it doesn't, doesn't make any difference. But I guess as a competitive rugby player, it's, it's things like the Six Nations or the Autumn Internationals. They're the ones that you really, and, you know, World Cups, they're the w- ones you really want to be involved in, I guess. Yeah, you know, of course, you want you want to retire saying, you know, I played for England, I played in the Six Nations, I played against, you know, the majority of games you see are against England, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, etc. So yeah. when you retire, you want to be either side, you know, I played against them or I remember the game we beat them and etc. You know, how often does it come over and say, oh, I, I remember playing against the USA and your grandkid goes, do they play rugby? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, right, well done. But... Yeah, so hopefully we get that that you know that next chance, and I can grab it when it comes along. Yeah, and and do you? I, I mean, what's the, what's kind of the process? I mean, just because you're not in the squad, do you do you still have uh, you know communication with with Eddie and the team? Is, is, yeah, that, yeah, is, so is that what happens? I think the um, the initial forty five man mm-hmm. EPS gets selected, so that you know you're in the shadow squad for the Six Nations. So you, you anyone gets injured or. Eddie can call you at any time and, and get you into camp. So there's you have to carry on doing your, your testing protocols with, with the same as them and all basically run alongside them, just not in camp. That um, it, you know, so you're ready for if they do want you. Yeah. Okay. Well, fingers uh, fingers crossed that um, you know we we get to see you back in a back in an England shirt before uh, before too long. As I say, it be uh, fully fully deserved. So um, let's uh, let's hope that. Uh, Hope that happens. Um, away from rugby, um, you mentioned the you mentioned the the, the pizza pizza shop. Pizzas play a quite a quite a big part in your uh, in in your life with uh, with your involvement yeah. with Open Side Pizza and uh, two two young lads who who, who I know from uh, from my time at Long Levens. So uh, um, they they both were in the same side as my eldest uh, eldest son. So um, how, how did all that come about? Um, so yeah, Dan and Bolsey of of Hooker and Eight. Um, we started a a mobile pizza business um, in lockdown. They, I originally got to know them because I can't remember if it was Dan's sister or Bolsey's sister messaged a load of Gloucester players on Instagram and said, "Would anyone be interested in um, opening Eating up the pizza. shop?" <laughs> and I was the only one. I was the only one that replied. Okay. Um, that that's a sort of you know along that sort of we talk about the captaincy stuff. I never like to say no to anyone, whether it's a birthday message, uh, you know, an unfortunate one for you know people that are ill or et cetera. I'll, I'll never say no. I'll always try and get it done. Um, and this was one of those times. It just came along, popped into the inbox, said, um, yeah, I'll do it. I'll pop down. Not, not a problem. Um, and then as we did that, got to know them more and more, Was started going in there after games for pizzas. Um, and then lockdown happened. And I was talking to them one day and we became, we've become good friends by this point. And I said, well, you know, do you lads fancy making a mobile one? And they, they both straight away. No. I was like, okay, fair enough. They wanted to concentrate on their business. They just opened it. Obviously lockdown was happening. It was going to be a tough time for them. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Um, so then as we did that, they came back to me the next day within 24 hours and said, oh, we've, we've spoken about it. We think it's quite a good idea. Okay. I was like, okay, fair enough. 
so I I managed to find an old horse box. Um, my missus has horses anyway, so we yeah. we have those sort of connections. Dad's a mechanic. I've grown up around cars, doing stuff, building stuff. So I was like, I'll build it, and we'll go from there. So I spent most of lockdown painting it, redoing brakes, axles, etc., getting it to a, a base shell of what was ready to be fitted out. Um, we then said, right, let's go for it. Got it all kitted out with the oven, electric, solar powered, all that. And now it's it's flying. Now it, it goes to King's Home on match days. It goes around all local rugby clubs. We try to do as much rugby-based stuff as possible because, yeah. as you know, the boys love rugby. I love rugby and, and we all go from there. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and it's it's been a huge, huge success over over lockdown, hasn't it? And uh, and yeah, it was, it was just because obviously people couldn't go out for food, so we were able to, you know, we got to start with to come and yeah. queue up, and then um, we could we could deliver some some food where people weren't being able to get those sort of takeaways, etc. Yeah, and do we ever do we ever see you in the kitchen? No, no, no God, no. Dan tried to get me to make a pizza once, and yeah. for a man that you know, I've I've got awful wrists in like, thanks to rugby and making pizzas is not good when you've got bad wrists so no. leave it to them too they they know what they do uh, Stephen the chef uh, Stephen Grimes who runs open side you know brilliant bloke on his own now he runs it all toes it about and because I had to tow it for the first year and a half okay there's nobody had a towing license so I, I did through you know farming and stuff so I towed it about and then I said well I'm, I'm towing this about too much now basically so we, we got Stephen in and he, he was fully chefing it, but he'd never towed anything before. Mm. So we got him his towing license, got him a, a Land Rover to pull it with. And now he, he does it all, does all the bookings, cooks for it, does it. Him, him and Bolsey saw it. Bolsey goes and helps him. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it looks after itself really, which is which is nice now. I don't have to worry about it. I can just pop up and have a pizza if, if I fancy it. <laughs> Brilliant, and 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 I guess for for any rugby clubs and and people people listening, if if they're interested in getting open side, they just need to contact the contact the boys. I guess do they? Yeah, yeah. If, if you get in contact with Hooker and Eight, or um, you know they've obviously got Stephen's number, or, or if, if if they can't do that, then then get in contact with me somehow through social media, and I can get them onto it. It's we try to make it as we try to go to as different places as possible, but there are certain places that obviously. You know, we, we do go back to quite a lot because one business is good, and and two, they they were loyal to us when we first started opening, and yeah. I think we we're getting a lot more now of like um, you know, like the brewery, like the beer brewery places. Ah, yeah, where yeah. They, they don't serve food, but they're like the warehouse places where you know people go there all day Saturday drinking, but they want some food as well. So we rock up there and sell a few pizza slices. Well, it's it's win win for both because people then buy more beer because. They've they've eaten and we get to sell more pizza because they're hungry. So yeah. it, it works both ways. Yeah, exactly. And I know we, we you know we've spoken in the in in the past and still still on the uh, uh, you know on the idea shelf of of you know maybe H and H B and and you guys doing something together with uh, you know with with some sort of Q and A and pizzas and yeah, and bits, and, bits and pieces. So um, it's uh, it's still on the still on the stocks for for that, but. You know that yeah. that would again make a make a, another great uh, great evening to do something with uh, with that. But uh, no, it, it's it's fab and it, it, it's great that you know you've approached uh, you've approached that with exactly the same kind of gusto as you approach uh, approach everything else. And it's it's fab to see it uh, 
it working out. And as I say, the the two lads that I know, Dan and uh, and and Adam, they're 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 top guys. So um, it's it's fab that it's working uh, working out for them as uh, as as well. Um, Lewis, it's uh, as always great to uh, great to to chat to you. Um, I think, as I said, from a personal level. It's fab to see Gloucester uh, Gloucester doing so uh, so well, and that's that's down to uh, you know a lot of hard work as you uh, as you said throughout the squad, but that fab uh, fab culture and fab leadership that you and the coaching team are uh, are providing, and uh, it's making uh, it's making Gloucester Gloucester City very excited again about about its rugby, which can only be. Um, can only be good so on behalf of uh, behalf of everyone a huge thank you for uh, for for what you're doing and the the whole squad and uh, let's uh, let's get you in that in that top four and back in an england shirt please yes that'd be great <laughs> lewis thanks again for your time um we'll, we'll, uh, we will speak soon and uh, thanks again cheers lewis perfect nice one thanks for listening to the new series of the rugby buzz We do hope you're enjoying these podcasts. If you are, then why not tell five of your rugby mates to listen to and spread the word? We would really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Don't forget, all the episodes from previous series one or two are still available to catch wherever you normally listen to your podcasts. We have some great guests lined up for the coming weeks on the Rugby Buzz, starting with the former Harlequins and England back rower, Jack Clifford. We're now back to full steam with our live events too. We have a brilliant pre-match event before Gloucester play Worcester on the 25th of March, which is now on sale, and other events with guests such as Wayne Pivak, Sir Gareth Edwards, and a very special Lions 1997 25th anniversary dinner in Gloucester with some of the Victoria's squad, including the head coach, Sir Ian McGeekin. It promises to be a very special night. Detail of all of our events can be found on our website, www.hnhb.buzz. We'll be back with you next time for another episode, but in the meantime, be safe.